Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everyone, to this special crossover episode of Locked On Coyotes and Locked On Winnipeg Jets. I am Robin Lee, your host of Locked On Coyotes. Joining me is Harrison of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Uh, of course, this is the uh, divisional crossover preview series. Obviously, the Coyotes, the newbies to the Central Division. So, uh, this is our welcome wagon, as I like to call it, um, and I'm finally excited to have this episode because uh, I was talking about this with Harrison right before we went we went on the air or went to recording. Is I mean, Coyotes, Jets. I mean, we share some history, don't we? As much as uh, Winnipeg fans do or do not want to admit about different shared histories with certain franchises, yes, that is. Uh... That that one they feel a little bit better about. They try to pretend Atlanta doesn't exist anywhere in hockey history for the Jets, but Arizona, they'll at least claim some of it. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, I know a lot of them will probably be upset because you know the, the the first iteration of the Winnipeg Jets decided to leave to Phoenix. You're like what? Why Phoenix? Um, well. Because uh, hockey was growing in the Southwest, in L.A., in Anaheim, in San Jose, and uh, Dallas. And they're like, oh, I think it works. Let's get another one. They actually left because there was no airport. That's probably the biggest sticking point, I think, that we've all found out. Yeah, those jokes are always going to stick around, and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) They never really go away. Nope, they they do not. Anyways, how we're gonna we're, how we are going to um, format this episode? We're gonna start with uh, questions for the Winnipeg Jets, and then uh, we will I will let Harrison go ahead and uh, flip things over and ask me questions about the Arizona Coyotes, and then we'll finish things off by making predictions about the division and how each team is gonna do. Maybe we'll see where each of them are gonna land. So let's start off with. Uh, Again, questions for the Winnipeg Jets. So, Harrison, this Jets team, uh, they made the playoffs last year. Uh, I mean, they seem to be doing pretty well. They you know, they swept Edmonton in the first round. And then something happened. Uh, is like, do, do you think this might be a bad, uh, like, that was just a string of bad luck? Or uh, you think you, we'll see, we'll just see more of them playing well this year? Um, I think a lot of things kind of, caved in for the Jets last year. Um, and, and really it's been a couple of years building. I think Winnipeg making the postseason has been a little bit of a smoke screen for deep seated issues with how the team is constructed and certainly how they often have been asked to play because the Jets are very keenly aware more than anyone else that when you look at the defense in prior seasons, not, not so good. Um, and that's putting it very mildly. Uh, let's be honest, we had like AHLers probably playing in top four roles at times. So I think Winnipeg has understood where it is, it's kind of been sitting for the past couple of years. But because Connor Hellebuck exists um, and guys like Kyle Connor and, and Nikolai Ehlers keep scoring boatloads of points, 
they've gotten away with a lot of the issues, but this offseason was probably the first time in forever where I felt like the Jets actually sat down, evaluated their issues, and got aggressive, uh, which is something that a lot of us have been asking for for a while. Um, I'll be a Jets homer on this one and say that I've been one of the folks who was kind of irritated by the Jets not really making a lot of roster moves because I think people have this impression that your cup window and your playoff competitiveness, it's going to last forever. Well, the Jets found out after 2017, 2018, that window super short. So now it feels like they're getting ready to get aggressive and to, and to start really building around the current core that they have, because last year they were, they were honestly hanging on by a thread. I know that the record probably looked okay, but I think, and some people get a little bit spicy when I say this kind of stuff. Um, a lot of folks make jokes about the North division, not exactly being defensively attuned, but in terms of goaltending, the North was also pretty bad. So, you know, you were likely to see a lot of goals conceded, a lot of weaker teams struggling to uh, keep up offensively because they just kept conceding boatloads of goals. And I feel like the Jets kind of lucked out in a division that wasn't really as tough as the Central typically is. So this year, I think we're going to have to see more consistency from the Jets and not consistently bad play, but certainly break even or better. I think Winnipeg is capable of that. I, I don't know how the coaching staff is going to ask the Jets to be because typically they've been really conservative. Um, not a whole lot of support for the forwards. The defenders have typically sat back and not really been part of the play. And if they don't get away from that again this season, I could see it being a struggle to make the playoffs. Or if they do make the postseason, they kind of get knocked out in one of the earlier rounds. But if the Jets actually let them cut loose and do their thing, I would feel a little bit better about that. One of the biggest moves that I that the uh, I saw the Jets made, and this was not just in the offseason, not in the offseason, this was early in last season. But the only reason why I'm only getting to this now is because we, I mean, you and I haven't talked because, well, we were barred by those divisions. You were in the North, we were in the West, and uh, we didn't get a chance to see the trade that was sending Patrick Laine over to Columbus and Winnipeg getting Pierre-Luc Dubois. That's my, and, and that leads to the question, how has Pierre-Luc Dubois fit into the Winnipeg Jets organization? Dubois seems like a super nice guy, and I think in a lot of ways his temperament and personality is actually a pretty good fit for the Jets. Um, I think the biggest challenge for him is that the way that he plays and his approach to the game thus far hasn't really fit with how the Jets try to approach things. Oftentimes, I think you see him thinking about like a passing or a shooting lane in a specific, in a specific way, or he'll skate to a specific area of the ice, but his line mates don't always seem to be aware of his presence. And I feel like for him, it's kind of been a little bit challenging to figure out the best way to make an impact. I know that you see him uh, skating around and, and trying to make stuff happen. I think a lot of people are, are aware that he's trying to do stuff, but it's just been a difficult fit for him. And I think this year might be when we start to see him, I don't know if I want to use the phrase breakout, but I think that might be what is the the closest approximation. I think he's going to have a much more well-rounded season. I feel like trying to cut in on a new squad, especially after everything that happened in Columbus, especially with the, the limited familiarity with how Winnipeg plays and some of the Jets' idiosyncrasies, I think it was a lot to expect him to, to hit the ground running. But 
even still, I was probably a little bit disappointed. I thought he might be a really strong physical body in front of the net and somebody who could be potentially a, a nice down low goal scorer. Didn't really happen that way. This year, though, I think we might see a little bit more out of him. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Uh, another thing to, for me is uh, that that I'm noticing. I'm looking at your cat friendly page, and it is the you know the question about goalies. Obviously, Connor Hellebuck is you know Connor Hellebuck. He's the he's your number one guy. Um, sees see that uh, Eric Comrie looks to be at least <laughs> number two, which obviously seems to beg the question that I get that. You you're going true starter, true backup in this case, rather than, rather than the uh, I guess the now getting the more popular tandem. Is that just based at the trust in in Hellebuck and just overall how good of a goaltender he is? Yeah, I think there were probably a couple of considerations. For one thing, Brassois needed a raise, and the Jets didn't have a lot of cap space to work with. Uh, and you know they were probably thinking about Nate Schmidt and some of their other acquisitions, some of the extensions that they wanted to make. And Hellebuck has already proven that he, I mean, he's a Vezina winner. He's, I mean, he should have been a finalist last season. He didn't get that nod, but I, I think they know they have their guy in net, which there was some question a couple of years ago if he was capable of being that guy, but he has definitely silenced any doubts. I feel like the backup position is basically, if you have to use it for more than like 15 games, there's probably a bigger issue. Um like Hellebuck is injured and the team is just screwed no matter what. So I don't know. I feel like they've kind of taken their losses with this. They sort of understand that Comrie is probably not going to be much more than like a 905 save percentage kind of goalie, somebody that's very clearly the number two. You don't really want to see a lot of him. If you have to, there's going to be a much bigger concern about the overall season. But I guess on a personal level, I think I'm okay with it. I would like to see Comrie get some competition from some of the other goaltenders in camp, but if Eric ends up winning out, I think it's probably livable. Okay, that's fair. Um, that's all the questions that um, I have for the Winnipeg Jets. So now I'll go ahead and turn the uh, turn the microphone over to you and allow your, you to to ask me any questions about the Arizona Coyotes. Before we get to those questions, though, I do want to. Let everyone know, today's episode brought to you by Fantrax. All right, hockey fans, I'm going to give you the inside track on fantasy hockey. It is Fantrax. Fantrax Free, NHL Fantasy Hockey League Manager, is the most customizable, easy-to-use, and feature-rich platform in the industry. Sign up for free today and as a special offer for your Locked On Coyotes fans. You'll be entered to win a official NHL-signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Simply go to a fantrax.com slash locked on and sign up the top dynasty fantasy hockey platform in the industry. Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty keeper redraft and best ball leagues. Go deep with ultimate keeper and dynasty leagues and create simple redraft and even a customizable best ball league with up to 2000 teams. Coming from another service, Fantrax can import any of your current leagues and customize if needed. Ever have a trade go wrong or make a mistake dropping a player? If you had leagues on Yahoo and ESPN, migrate to Fantrax for a better fantasy experience. Fantrax commissioner tools allow you to undo any move with with one simple click among the most trusted names in fantasy sports since 2005, offering hockey, football, 
baseball, basketball, and college basketball, college football, golf, soccer, and even NASCAR. If there's anything lacking in your current Fantasy Hockey League manager, Fantrax likely has it. Fantasy Sports doesn't sleep, neither does Fantrax. With seasons running 365 days a year, there's a reason why fantasy players who try Fantrax make it a permanent home for all their fantasy leagues. Again, sign up for a free account today to be entered to win an official NHL-signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash LockedOn to sign up today. That's Fantrax.com slash LockedOn. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. Today I want to tell you guys about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. DirecTV Stream brings your live and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Uh, I think the biggest question for me when it comes to the Arizona Coyotes is what even is the outlook of this team? I looked at the roster the other day and I realized I did not know who was playing for this team. I know some of the players, obviously, you know, Chikorin is, is still one of their mainstays if he hangs around. They've got Clayton Keller. But you, you look through the roster and, and after some of the recent transactions and stuff, I'm like, who the heck is even going to be playing and lacing up for this team next season? What do you think this team is going to look like or, or even what can they expect to do next year? Yeah, so th- this is a team that is 100% or, you know, just based off organizational-wise, 100% committed to a <laughs> rebuild. Um, this team um, is definitely not going to be looking to win very many games. And I think for a good reason, they um, they want to try to rebuild. And that's the reason why Bill Armstrong, their GM, went to go acquire as many draft picks as they as they could at this time of the recording, they have eight draft picks in the first two rounds of the 2022 draft, which is amazing. Three in the first round and five in the second round. Um, and that's, that was the goal of Bill Armstrong from the very get go. I very, I very well praised uh, his way of setting up the rebuild and doing all this and essentially acquiring contracts that were too much. You're getting players that, kind of suck and kind of are overpaid, which obviously, you know, if you're going to rebuild, might as well get terrible contracts for a year and worry about it later on. Again, this is this is how they're going to go um, for probably the next two years or so. Just a team that's trying to rebuild and focus on the future. And of course, uh, all of this kind of ties into recently a little bit of a sense of displacement with the team, especially getting booted out of the Gila River Arena um, I think they have a, a new deal or something in place for at least a temporary location or something like that. I wasn't sure. Um, but, you know, long term, what is Arizona's outlook? I mean, I, I sounds like the, the NHL wants them to stay. I think that would be the NHL's preference from what it seems like. But do you see any scenarios where, you know, talks for Arizona relocating potentially start to pop up? I don't see a scenario in that case, especially because they just submitted a proposal to the city of Tempe to uh, build a new arena, an entertainment complex. Like, um, and, and I think a lot of people would be interested to find this out. Those who um, are just in, in general huge sports fans is this entire entertainment complex and, and whole arena thing 
they want to the coyotes are kind of in the city of tempe kind of want to model what they want to look out of it based off the deer district from the you know the milwaukee bucks and how you saw that was during the nba finals that's what they want out of this future arena obviously it's, it's at this point it's just a proposal finally submitted the city of tempe they have the next however many months that they want to do to look it over and decide whether or not they want to approve it. Luckily, the Kaiders are the only team that made a proposal for the spot that the city of Tempe opened up. And so if they decide to award a contract, it will be the Arizona Coyotes and the Kaiders will have a new home. Uh, and in my, in, my, in my honest opinion, too, is the perfect spot. The city of Tempe, East Valley, is the perfect spot for the new a new home for the Arizona Coyotes. That's where all the fans are. They they put out they put a arena there. They're easily going to sell probably 90% of their tickets every game. And I think uh my last question kind of looking at, at a more short-term picture is, you know, for this upcoming season or so, uh with everything that's happened around the team and all of the movements and stuff, what players are you really hoping step up and lead the charge? Because now they kind of need to look for future leaders. They need to find players that can really uh, be representatives of the franchise and the brand. Who do you hope steps up and fills that void? So there are really three players who are future leaders of the Coyotes. These guys are going to be the next captains. You know, one's going to wear the C, you know, and the other two are going to wear wear an A until you know, something more long-term comes into place. But Jacob Chikrin, Clayton Keller, and Nick Schmaltz. I think it doesn't surprise me. Those guys have, those guys are top, you know, uh, well, Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz, top six forwards easily. And Jacob Chikrin, a, you know, a almost Norris caliber defenseman at only 23 years old, which is phenomenal under a great contract. I think even so, like, I think, he will be like that future captain, the person that I really want to see step up even more, take a bigger role. And obviously, especially because like he had to see his entire team, essentially all his quote, best friends get traded away, which is going to, I mean, obviously that probably is heartbreaking for him, but at the same time, he knows what the challenge that's ahead of him. And I really want to see him take advantage of that. Yeah, it seems like Arizona is going to try and work to build around this current group and, and start supplementing. I mean, they've made lots of moves to plan for the future, so hopefully it all pans out for them. I really hope so, too. Um, and then, obviously, when they go through the uh, go through the rebuild process, if they get those first overall pick, I think that will set things up even more nicely, um, knowing how deep the next, the, uh, the next draft is. I am looking forward to that part as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. We like futures. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increased number of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning is your honesty an LX or an EX while waiting for the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com in your home and in your pocket. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? 
Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. I'll give you a perfect example, guys. I am con always continuing to look for parts for my Mustang because I want to make sure that, that my car is in always tip-top shape. They have the, you know, they have everything I need for it. I went to go see spark plugs. They had it for me. Air filter. They had it for me. And all at better prices than my local auto parts store. So it is a no-brainer for me to go. I want you guys to check it out yourself. Go ahead and go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Did you guys know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something absolutely there for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. And if you don't know about the Built Bar flavors, well, you guys are missing out. From mint brownie to double chocolate, strawberry and orange, German chocolate, the list goes on and on. And my God, again, they are phenomenal. They just taste amazing. All of them taste absolutely amazing. If you haven't tried any of these flavors yet, go to get a mix box. You can get two of each of the nine flavors. And then from there, if you are so inclined, you can go ahead and get a full box of whichever flavor you decide you like best. Because again, you'll really love how absolutely delicious these are. But not only that, you will absolutely love how healthy they are too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and 4 to 5 grams net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you guys can get 15% off your order. Once again, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Oh, yeah. Um, so now, I think if that's all the questions you have, we can go ahead and uh, turn things over to, uh, I guess, both of us and kind of may maybe look at just a general discussion on how we think this central division is going to look and how each team and how both of our teams are going to uh, kind of stack up in this division. Uh, those who've been following me for the last few, for the last few episodes know that uh, the Coyotes are probably going to be in last place by an extremely long, long, uh, long way. Um, I think there might be a massive point gap between them and seventh place. It wouldn't surprise me. Because um, the Central Division this year is going to look pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah. Um... I guess my thought this year was the the central has a lot of really decent teams. I I think outside of Colorado, I wouldn't say that it's like an excellent excellent division, but the middle pack of this division is going to be really frustrating for teams like Arizona uh, or anyone who starts to fall behind early in the race. I mean, you've got like a lot of really solid defensive teams. You've got squads that recently won championships. Um, the Blues, of course, are, are the main squad that I would be thinking of. Minnesota's tough. You've got Nashville. That's a very annoying team to play. And it kind of seems like they want to reshape some of their offensive identity, maybe be a little bit more aggressive. You've got whatever the heck the Blackhawks are. I don't even know anymore. That whole team is a disaster. I don't even mess with that. But I, I think they're going to probably be still a pain to play. Um, and it kind of leaves me 
interested to know which of these teams is going to push for like a top three spot. I feel like Winnipeg is well set up to actually get into that range. Uh, but in terms of actually pushing past the middle of the pack and breaking into that top unit, I feel like my impression is it's going to be Colorado by a decent margin and then a bunch of crap in between. And then like Chicago and Arizona, was that kind of your thought? Um, I was, yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of with you on that. I, I think I had Chicago a little bit higher. I, um, but yeah, I, th- those, those middle teams, those middle, uh, six teams or to me, I think are like, it, it, it could really go anyway, especially with Chicago's acquisition to me, Chicago's acquisition of Mike Andre Fleury. Um, obviously getting a goaltender of that caliber could really make a, a huge difference. Obviously the goaltender doesn't make the entire difference, but I mean, it's Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to see which version they get of him because, like, there's the version that, you know, last season was a Vezina caliber goalie. Uh, and then there's, like, the version of him where he just really struggles on basic reads and shots for some reason and seemingly has issues uh, maintaining his crease depth and stuff. And so, it, you know, I don't think we'll see that version. I think he'll be pretty good. But his workload is going to be pretty difficult. I mean, that Chicago defense and the forward grouping in front of him. Honestly, kind of like the Coyotes, I don't actually know who plays for Chicago these days other than a couple of like really standout names. Um, I know that they recently extended like Connor Murphy for four years. And one of my friends who was like uh, a Philadelphia Flyers fan was like, who is Connor Murphy? And I think that says a lot about the team. Um, kind of tell that there's a lot of transition with that squad. But yeah, no, I mean, this division is weird. I think for me, and I'd be curious to know which teams you've picked, but I think the, the two teams that I'm most interested in to keep track of for the central are Nashville and Minnesota. Those are my two um, really sneaky underdog teams. Yeah, those are, those are pretty solid teams. Uh, Minnesota is going to be an interesting one. I think for, on a lot of people's radars, mainly because um, I actually just saw, they just signed finally Kirill Kaprizov, which I think is going to put a lot of strain on a lot of people's hearts here in the central division, because we saw how good he was last year. Um, and he's just like, well, are we going to keep seeing more of that, I guess? Uh, this, that's just going to be an absolute blast. Nashville's another interesting one, like you said. Um, they didn't have a good last year. They, they, in fact, they they had a terrible start. They kind of picked things up, but that division last... I mean, the divisions last year were so weird that like they played... The talent that they played was another issue. But, I'm yeah, it's it really is something else to me. Yeah, and I, I've tried to think of uh, a way to project, and I think because of the weirdness of last season, I've had a hard time really... I don't want to read too much into the results of last season because, again, you've got a really skewed sample size. Teams had a lot of weird situations going on. And so I'm basically throwing darts at a board and hoping from like previous years this is kind of on point. Um, but I could definitely see... I think Winnipeg will be fighting for a top three spot. I think they'll make it. The Blues, I I don't really know what to make of St. Louis. I feel like that's a team that I could see really falling down the rankings. Not like last place or even seventh or anything, but I feel like when it comes to the middle pack of of the Central, they're a squad that I think has enough gaps starting to show. It might be difficult for them. I think they have some young talent that could filter in and, and reverse the direction. But overall, the Blues for me are a weird squad. I feel like I don't believe in them for some reason, not yet at least. The Blues are going to – a lot of uh, 
blues fans who who might be listening if they are listening just know that uh they don't they i know they don't like the coyotes because for some reason they could not play they can't play well against the coyotes no no one knows why (laughs) it's just the way that it's been um the last i mean especially this last season they have the coyotes went you know they went they went like seven games straight against each other last year and somehow the coyotes came out on top i didn't know how that happened um this is probably going to be different because Coyotes lost a lot of people, but still, um, if the Coyotes can beat them again, like that does say that will say a lot. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And actually, I forget who who's coaching the Coyotes. That was one thing that I I was trying to remember who it is now because talk it's out. So. Uh, it's Andre Thorny. He was the head coach of the Ottawa Sixty Sevens last year. Oh, so we have uh, some fresh blood. So this this is kind of an interesting thing. I think. Arizona is now going to be playing a little bit with house money, I guess. And whenever I've seen teams with house money, like come into divisions and, and kind of just mess things up, that always seems to throw a monkey wrench last year, the Ottawa senators. I know that the senators were kind of embarrassing, but I think people who didn't actually watch them didn't see how hard they, they made every game. I mean, some of the margins were down to really poor goaltending, but honestly the team itself was not as bad as people thought it was. It actually played capable hockey. So I'm curious to know, I, I think Arizona's got a much better goaltending backup group or, or um, tandem, I guess, of, that they're using now, um, even if they've moved. I think, was it Kemper is, that, is gone now? Kemper, uh, Ranta, and Hill, all gone. Yeah, who's in that, who's in that for the Arizona Coyotes? Carter Hutton. Okay, I, I might have to back off a little bit on my, my prediction for the goaltending. Um, <laughs> Yeah, okay. So I think it's going to be a strange season for them, but you know, it's they have no expectations other than just try and go out, put on a good show, I think, and and certainly make a couple of fans happy. So if that's kind of where you're starting from, I guess it can only go up from there. But hey, as I as I've been saying the last few days, like I like I got I got a good chance to look at their def- the defense coming up. The defense is going to look really good. That's what I'm excited for. Um, cause they got, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a big chicken fan. So I, I'm right. I'm right there with you. Well, not only that, they also picked up Shane Gossespear and Connor Timmons over the off season. So those are, I mean, obviously Gossespear is a little overpaid and like, I'm like, I think he's looking just for a rebound season and let's see if that, if that's possible. Connor Timmons, we don't know. He, he is a high level prospect and finally coming in out off that Kemper trade. Um, but that's all, that's the Coyote silver lining for this upcoming season it's that it's their defense yeah you got a couple of interesting young players and i i'm a i'm a ghost bear fan i hope that he rebounds it's been a rough past couple of years but i was actually interested in the jets acquiring him so you know i think he he could have a nice little rebound for the yotes finally getting a change of scenery that he's needed little joke for you on uh because you said ghost bear the coyotes have three people on their route on their team with the nickname Bear. The coach is Coach Bear. You have Ghost Bear, Shane Goss's Bear. Ilya Labushkin is the Russian Bear. Wow. All right. I sense a theme going on with the Yotes roster. It's funny that they're named the Yotes and they have three bears. There must be some kind of animal <laughs> joke in there. I don't know. No, there's, no you got to find it somewhere. If someone wants to uh, wants, wants to slide it along, we, we will gladly accept it. <laughs> Three bears walk into a Yotes bar, huh? One other thing 
that I want to address too, I guess on here, just in general, um, is just regarding the, the central division is just how easy it is going to be for these teams, a lot of these teams to make the playoffs um, because the Pacific division is not good. <laughs> I've been making fun. Of, I've been trying to make fun of the Pacific Division, make me feel a little bit better because the Coyotes got kicked out of the Pacific Division. Um, so it's like, oh, we don't have to go through that crap hole anymore. Uh, yeah, cool. We don't have to play the terrible teams with the Kings and the Ducks and the Sharks and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it, like Vegas or bust over there. Pretty much, it's yeah. That's 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 what it is, and because of that, the Central Division is going to be a five-team uh, division for the playoffs, um, and that will make the division look much better, and obviously, it'll look a lot more competitive. Yeah, I have a feeling uh, those two wild card spots. It's going to be real tough for any of the uh, Pacific squads. LA might be the only team for me that has. Well, I guess LA and Calgary might have a shot, but Calgary under Sutter, I, I I can't sit there and watch them. I don't enjoy it. Um, the Kings, sometimes they play capable hockey and certainly Kopitar somehow continues to defy time. I was like shocked that he did not get on the top 50 NHL players list. I was like, I, I was kind of a little bit upset for Anze, but you know, the rest of that team. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that, that Pacific division. It's like, it's trying to polish a turd. And I think the only thing that you can say is that technically they have three spots for playoff teams. Yeah. They, they ha- they have three guaranteed spots. And this is what, this is why I'm glad though, that the, uh, also why the coyotes aren't not in the Pacific division is because for a team that's rebuilding, a team that wants to lose, a team that wants to get the first overall draft pick for next year, being the Pacific Division won't 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 do with them any favors. They'll just win some games that they shouldn't be winning. <laughs> yeah, you uh, you stick with the Central Division, it gets a lot harder. So, um, if you if you're hoping to tank aggressively, that is the best way to go about it. Absolutely. Um, I'm actually curious now since we said since I think both of us seem to agree that roughly probably Central could be a very well five five team playoff we very well know that colorado is a lock as one of them i want to know your other four so i think uh for the playoffs i think i've got minnesota winnipeg um i think nashville will make the cut and i think i think st louis will crawl through i mean somehow against all odds they will i think chicago has too many deeper issues with that squad and honestly with the investigations and stuff going on with the team I don't know how that's going to impact the actual roster if things start to change for the team and people start getting fired, um, which I, I don't really anticipate because that stuff doesn't tend to happen. But, you know, they're they're one of the teams that's got so much going on behind the scenes. I feel like they're going to be in a constant state of chaos. And, like, the team itself just isn't very good. I mean, they've, they've basically replaced a lot of guys with AHLers. So I feel like the middle core of that group is probably going to be your playoff grouping. Um, and I, I don't even know how it's going to rank out, but I feel like that's a pretty safe bet for now. That seems like a fair, like a, 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 a fair assessment on those teams. And I think my, yeah, I think, I, I think my five teams are probably about the same. Um, I think, um, I think the, yeah, the Blackhawks could knock on the door if like they get lucky. 
But I think, yeah, those five teams are mainly the ones I'm looking at. Um, Dallas, I think, I have no idea what to think about them. Like, because yeah, they cause they, the... they had a bad COVID year because they had a lot of COVID problems last year. But on paper, they should be a very good team. I just don't know what to think about them. <laughs> They're one of those teams that they might be kind of in that Chicago position of knocking on like a on a uh, a fringe playoff spot. I think they would probably be a little bit ahead ahead of Chicago. But every time I look at that team. I just have no idea what they're going to do. Like, they're just a weird squad. I mean, every year I say that about Dallas, but like, they're just a weird team. I don't know. The stars exist. That's about all I know about them is that they exist. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to follow the stars a little bit over the last couple of years, mainly because they have um, one of my favorite players from growing up in Joe Pavelski. Um, but I'm looking at, actually, I just went to go check out their roster right now. Yeah, I don't know, like, half these people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, they've they've gotten, I mean, Yoel Kividanta and, um, oh, gosh. They've had a couple of, like, breakout young players who just randomly started scoring on, like, 30 per, shoot, 30% shooting percentages. And then you're like, is that really, like, a sustainable team mixed in with, like, the ghost of Jamie Benn, whatever remains of Tyler Sagan, and, like, Miro Heiskinen, I I don't, I don't know. I know that their prospect pipeline is pretty decent. Like they've got some really talented picks coming up, but I I have a really hard time. And sometimes I actually forget that they're supposed to be ranked in my list, um, just because I'm like they're 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 already down in the the list on my opinion. But they could knock off like St. Louis or something for a spot. I just I don't know how likely that is. I mean that team is kind of a cipher to me. Yeah, I think. To us, I think this Dallas team, the Dallas team is only going to be the one that we won't know until we see them hit the ice just because of how COVID ridden they were last year and how just not good they were. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I like when, when they started, like, I think they missed like the first two weeks. And I was put on the national show and I was asked, Do I think, and they were winning a lot of games to start off with. And I, and I was asked, Do you think that's sustainable? I'm like, I trust my guy, Joe Pavelski. I think he's going to do it. And also, I'm like, oh, boy, was I wrong. Oh, no. Yeah, that, that team, uh, I don't know. They, and of course, if any, I don't know that any of them have any lingering impacts from the initial symptoms, but whatever happens with that team, I, somebody's just going to have to take the wheel because, like, that squad, they need some, uh, they need some reinforcements. Even before COVID and last year, they they had some, issues with the roster construction and now moving back to the central, that's going to be pretty, pretty brutally difficult. They're going to need some help. Oh yeah. I'm looking at actually those, I just looked at cat friendly just for a little bit of fun. Apparently Dallas, Winnipeg and Chicago right now, the three teams in the central division over the salary cap. Yeah. I think Winnipeg gets away with it because they're going to use Brian Little's LTIR uh, cap hit. Ah, uh, um, yes. It takes some of the salary off, but everyone else, I don't know what they're doing. They're going to do something, I guess. They're going to they're gonna find some loophole like Tampa, like Tampa did? Or just uh, pass off your crappy players to some team like, oh, say Edmonton, because they love that kind of stuff. I mean, if there's someone that's doing it in Arizona right now, they got a lot of space and they don't care. <laughs> we're just like, <laughs> we're just like, all right, all right. So what we're going to do is you give us that player. We'll give you salary cap, and in return, all we ask 
is you give us a second round draft pick in next year's draft. Hey, we all love a good deal, as they say. By the end of it, I'm no joke. I think Bill Armstrong is going to own the entire second tra- second round in next year's draft. We're just going to call it the Arizona Coyotes round. And boy, is he going to love it. Ho- hopefully, he has to love it because they have pretty much every pick in that draft. They need to really like this draft. Just watch him take a timeout every single time. <laughs> oh, what a way to welcome the Central Division. Exactly, exactly. Uh, hey, I just want to give you any final thoughts before we close things off. Anything you want to you want to put out there? Um, I guess for this year, I'm just ready to embrace chaos again. I don't know what's going to happen with this NHL season. I I wouldn't even be shocked if we start to see stuff kind of change in terms of travel schedules and whatnot over the next couple of months. So, yeah, I'm just kind of uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it, but also kind of a little bit nervous about how the season's going to pan out. Um. I'm hoping and rooting for the Jets to pull off a minor miracle and go on a playoff run. But at this point, everything's kind of on the table and I've, I've sort of set my expectations aside, let the chips fall as they may kind of see what happens after that. Awesome. Absolutely. So uh, I think this is going to do it for this episode of uh crossover episode of locked on Coyotes and locked on Winnipeg Jets. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review. Both of our podcasts available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, also, if you've yet to, don't hit, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Follow all of us on social media. We are at LO underscore Coyotes. I'm personally at Ralbiano one Harrison, where can we find you guys? Uh, we are LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. And my personal Twitter is at HLLivingLoco. That's where you can follow all of us. You can interact with us. You know, I'm sure... A lot of us like to interact with you back. I personally love to uh, lo- love to answer some of your questions on future episodes of the podcast because, again, you guys have great questions. Anyways, thanks again, everyone, for listening to this episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And for those Coyotes fans listening, don't forget to howl on. <laughs>